Welcome back to episode 162 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we interview IMSO Chris on what he's building for the Bitmap community. Here's some of the topics we discussed today. First up, we dive straight into the success of Bitmap. Next, Chris discusses the challenges of building the metaverse on Bitcoin. Then, Iman and I ask Chris about his development on Bitmap and what's to come. And finally, how can we further our development with Mscribe? All right, let's listen in. Welcome back to episode 162 of the Block Runner Podcast. I'm your host, William, always here with your co-host, Iman. What's going on, man? On the sticks, we got TJ. Hello. And of course, we got IMSO Chris on board. Appreciate for you for joining us, dude. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I mean, you guys are killing it, dude. dude you're like the way that. we all found out about like, you, you're like the first deep dive, you know what yeah. I mean? Into bitmaps, dude. It's so awesome. So thank you guys for helping with the awareness. Sure, and, sure. Uh, just being super supportive, you know, it's really making a difference. It, it you, you encouraged me, didn't you? You and Hustler and Blockamoto, you were the three first three accounts that I had the conversation with walked in very pessimistic, yeah. but you know, your guys's thought process and the research that you did kind of helped me form some new opinions and and here we are so yeah dude no i appreciate you for also kind of pushing the the narrative as well because yeah when we first discovered bitmap it was valuable to us instantaneously only because we have you know four years of experience building in the web3 metaverse space mm -hmm. And we instantly understood the arbitrariness of existing metaverses and the the exact opposite was happening with like this design of bitmap, right? And so we we knew it was valuable. We did the video and we didn't expect it to blow up as fast as it did. Not at all. <laughs> and yeah. and it was it was interesting because I think what happens with the metaverse, it it does something to people. It gives people sort of like an imagination and, mm -hmm. and a, a path to contributions, right? Right. Because the metaverse is not going to be built by one person. Like the internet was not built by one person. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, we, we appreciate everybody kind of, kind of pushing bitmap and, and yeah. everything that you've been building so far has been extremely fast and very impressive. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing too, because, uh, you know, we could talk about bitmap all day, which we're, we're going, going to talk yeah. a little bit about bitmap, but yeah. Uh, you know, the block out is literally, um, happening probably today or tomorrow. So uh, obviously the emphasis is going to shift around much more like, okay, what are we going to, who's actually going to build some, some value yeah. on top of bitmap. Right. So that, that is, yeah, we see your, your, your grind, your hustle, you're yeah. definitely out there. Like, you know, I, I would call you like the first mover trying to build something like, like yeah. an actual legitimate ecosystem on top of bitmap. So yeah, we definitely want to understand like the whole storyline. How did you even get to this phase? Yeah, yourself? so so Chris, we sort of met like in the um, in the Twitter space that we held that you came on, Hustle mm -hmm. came on. Mm -hmm. um, so give us a little bit about your background. What's your history with what, why Solana, Chris, and why Security, yeah. Chris? Like, what's the background with all that? Well, uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You know, I found Bitcoin in in late 2013, early 2014. Uh, was not rich as i could have been in 2017 uh convinced myself that it was not i wasn't wrong i was dumb mm -hmm. 
be smarter, you know? And also I made a vow to myself that it would never happen again, mm. that no matter what ever took place in the cryptocurrency space, I would weather that war mm -hmm. because I understood the truth, you know, and, and I screwed up before I ever even knew what the word capitulation meant. So mm. I actually started as a full-time trader after that event in 2017 um, I started learning about trading because I thought that maybe I would be able to like create a side income and build up a portfolio through dollar cost averaging. Mm -hmm. And then like the more accurate I became at understanding the charts with the help of a mentor and a lot of accurate education from experienced traders, um, I started to think to myself, man, you should put some leverage behind this and just see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Um didn't go great at first and there was a lot of trial and error that went into it but one day uh you know i started shorting in like yeah. 2018 and uh i was longing you know dips and and shorting lower highs and it it like all just kind of clicked in my brain like the market can move in any direction you have infinite opportunity no matter what happens in the market and uh, don't be afraid of the price, embrace it. And so mm -hmm. I just started trading. And uh, within maybe a year or so, I had enough confidence to stop working in Web2. And uh, then I was blessed by COVID. And uh, right, like for a lot of people, COVID sucked. Yeah. For me, I got two longs at 43.50 and 38.50 range um, and rode that shit. I mean, I didn't even take profits on those till like the first time we broke 12K or something like that. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So, uh, you know, come October of 2020, you know, me being good at technical analysis, I kind of knew what was coming with that monthly close being the highest one in three years. And uh, I just started throwing the house at Bitcoin and, and a little bit at ETH and a couple other, you know, tokens, but I was really timing those against Bitcoin. And what that did is that gave me like a pretty decent bag, you know, to like sit on. And I thought maybe if I went to Clubhouse, like it was hard for me to get on Clubhouse because at the time it was like invite only and you had mm -hmm. to find someone, blah, 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 blah. But I finally found someone. I got on Clubhouse and I thought I'd find other traders and uh, those other traders uh, didn't exist. And uh, it was mostly scam artists and uh, maxis that were uh, funneling people into Swan Bitcoin. So what I did was uh, started a community that was attempting to teach them technical analysis, but in the way of which I was just trying to make them participants, not victims, mm -hmm. accidentally built this community around it. And then here comes Axie Infinity, mm -hmm. which is something that we did pretty damn well on from a trading perspective. Um, and I and people were asking me, Chris, you guys are really smart and you know the market very well. Couldn't you do something like this? And I was like, no, ETH sucks. You know, Solidity is a made up programming language. Mm -hmm. da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh, but I did say if one day there was a blockchain that was scalable and, and could support robust programming languages that you could use to build games in Unreal Engine 5 and recreate a Steam-like experience that perhaps it would be something we would be interested in due to my history of gaming at a high level. Like I've, I've played basically the hardest games at the highest level hmm. and, um, we found out about Solana a couple months later, and I happened to have some full stack devs in my community and a 
genius level Unreal Engine developer who is very familiar with JavaScript, 3JS, C++, uh, Solidity as well, because he had built things on the Ethereum blockchain games, right? Uh, and the idea of the intergalactic monkey space odyssey was born. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. But it was funny how that happened, too. You know, around May of 2021, maybe, maybe maybe june or july I forget when it was exactly but it's been two years now since we started this which is why you're like oh you guys are shipping fast brother because we have an absurd tech stack and an incredible amount of frameworks and developers that are used to working on very complicated things when i tell everyone they're working between three projects we got some people building stuff into the unreal engine experience mm -hmm. some people working on a top-down hack and slash and another group that hot fixes the endless runner and is building out a fighting game when i tell all those guys i need you to stop what you're doing and focus on bitmap valley <laughs> yeah. yeah these are the results that you get yeah. okay yeah because they're to them this is fun yeah. To them, all of this makes sense. There is no confusion. Everything yeah. installed is logical. The way that people utilize metaverses are logical. So the way we got here was, it was just kind of strange. You know, we we come up with this idea when the government starts talking about aliens are real, right? Yeah. And it was funny because there were so many, you know, space not spaces, they were rooms, clubhouse at the time. But there were so many clubhouse rooms about the aliens being real, but there was no sense of panic. Mm. Okay. So it, you know, it kind of reminded me of the story of the Anunnaki. If anyone who's listening isn't familiar, it's this fable of old humans that were basically evolved by alien species that were trapped on the planet right and they needed us to mine their gold so they and they built our pyramids and we got them off the rock you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. that's the story of the anunnaki like humans are basically you know evolved from a a, a <laughs> chimp state or a, or a primate state uh to this you know cro-magnum man in like a short period of time and so like there's two plausible answers right um either we started eating mushrooms everywhere and looking up which is terence mckenna stone date theory mm -hmm. um or aliens and i don't know if you cuss on your podcast but go ahead aliens fucked monkeys like <laughs> like one of these two things you know what i'm saying yeah. and so we realize and this is a running joke okay but there are hundreds of people in these spaces and they're coming up to stage and they're laughing and they're typing in their chats and they're joining our discord and they're talking about how much they love this story. And I'm, I'm literally talking shit on everyone. Mm. You, you MFers aren't afraid because it's just mom and dad coming home. How do you know it's not mom and dad? That's why you don't care about aliens and people are eating this up. Yeah. We get off, I get off that space and I call the gentleman Alex and I say, um, you know how we were thinking about building a game uh, for the Solana blockchain, like with our community? And he's like, yeah, I said, do you think that maybe it should be about the Anunnaki and, and the story of human beginning? He goes, seems kind of complex. I was like, yeah, but you can't prove us wrong. Hmm. So couldn't we tell any story inside of the intergalactic monkey space odyssey? Because we could pull from any conspiracy theory or any part of human history 
And we could adapt a storyline or lore from that Mm -hmm. because our general storyline is an all-encompassing concept that aliens came to Earth, evolved monkeys to humans, and that is basically where you're at, which also leaves room for expanding your collection, making a plethora of games. Mm -hmm. So from the very beginning, we've been considered the a a multiverse is Mm -hmm. what we've always called ourselves, like literally since... 18, 19 months ago. Mm -hmm. And the reason we say that is because we built avatars that would be um, cross composable with any game built in any engine. Mm -hmm. So we found a way to design a standard of character that you could pull it into Unity, Unreal Engine, or 3JS browser games, Mm -hmm. and you would be able to utilize that same character across those games. Okay, why would I do that? Because we never assumed we would make the greatest game of all time. That would be insane to think you're going to compete against Bethesda. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a blizzard. Like, come on, dude. Um, But that's not what Web3 Gaming is about to me. To me, it's about seizing ownership of your time and having uh, some sort of positive outcome for all your efforts. And that any time you spend in a virtual world or a gamified experience shouldn't leave you empty-handed. That your time all of your time should be worth something in the end i think that that was like our starting point for Mm -hmm. what we we thought the ethos of of web3 gaming would be so i thought okay if you were to build technology now remember november of 2021 everyone was saying oh we want to be in the same metaverse as each other but we want to use characters from our own collections we think that everyone should be in metaverses together i thought well if everyone could be in metaverses together everyone could also be in games like any game together you know that that's a wide scope so if you could figure out how to solve that problem not only could you put infinite amount of collection avatars into a metaverse but maybe you could do it across multiple games and then instead of building brand new characters and trying to force people to eat your web two bullshit, um, couldn't you build games that were dedicated to like other NFT projects? Couldn't you use your games to bring in more users by presenting utility to collections and create a player base out of actual web three MFers instead of trying to sell a pipe dream to a bunch of web two MFers that are scared of the words, the letters, NFT, (laughs) right? So to me, it was always about build the most composable technology, create a way for people to bring games and communities together, and then have a foundation of technology that proves it. So like, originally, our tech stacks were meant to prove our point. And it has allowed us to gain partnerships and allowed us to sell services to projects, which is how we make money as a project, Um, because royalties have never been enforced or anything like that with us. And besides, Mm -hmm. most of our holders are like insanely, do they just stake and play games? Like they literally, it's like, I've got 4,500 NFTs. There's hardly ever more than 100 listed for sale. So like a whale can't even step in and sweep my collection because he'd run the price. It happened twice. And both times it ran the price like three or four X. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you just can't sweep it. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, we accidentally, you know, kind of got put in a position where people didn't understand the technology. They They didn't understand how insane it was. And- and they sh- they denied us mm. and they shut us down and we couldn't get funding and no one wanted to help. But like, I know Saeed's a genius and I've seen the technology work. 
So because their brain is too small to understand it, I'm supposed to quit. Now, nah, fuck that. Let's build a game in Unreal Engine that works like a daily in World of Warcraft, where it's like an instance. You go through and you clear these mobs and you enter a cave, you fight a spider boss. And for each mob that you kill, you get a certain amount of crypto. For the spider boss, you get another amount of crypto. You know, all this different logic for these different wallets and these on-chain calls and just all this shit. Put that out. Multiple characters. People started to kind of understand it, but then we found out no one really has PCs, right? Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. this whole time, we have a metaverse engine. We have a framework for racing games. We have frameworks for fighting games. We have all kinds of shit that we've got, like, frameworks for gambling games that are cool as shit that, like, I'm not going to talk about it. Anyway, we have so much <laughs> cool stuff, but uh, at the end of the day, no one seemed to care about the Unreal Engine experience that much because they didn't have a PC. So then Dookie Dash happened and we thought, hey, we could put an endless runner together pretty quickly that could pay people every single month based on how much was brought in. So it would never be a guaranteed amount like the more activity and the more bonk and stuff that's used inside of the shop uh, that basically determines how much money the top players make, you know, and we started to blend characters into that environment and pull other collections into that environment. And it helped us understand like real quickly that in this space right now no matter how much superior your web3 technology and ideology is to maybe another product or entity especially on the solana blockchain there is so much vc funded stuck in the underperformers and underdeliverers that to shine light or basically facilitate a project that is kind of outdoing your hundred million dollar investment um i guess i could see how that's a slippery slope mm. but i was so caught up in everything else that i never even thought once about how down bad they must have all been on the gaming projects that promised them the world and delivered nothing uh as they told me that what i was doing literally was not possible mm. that's what yeah. i was told Right. Uh, so now a year and a so later, we've proven it possible. And when we saw bitmaps and I saw like all the rudimentary things happening on Bitcoin, which I think all are cool as shit. I think they're awesome. But I'm looking at this and I'm going, I think people are missing the mark on what Bitcoin means to be a verification layer. Mm -hmm. Um that is what makes it powerful is its immutability decentralization to be a verifiable proof of data whether that data carries monetary value or not which it does right mm -hmm. but that's irrelevant because it didn't when it was created you know so its purpose has never really changed and neither has its infrastructure or its core programming languages so I'm watching people build Atari games on chain, which I think is definitely dope. And I'm pretty sure we could do some advanced shit through inscriptions with recursion. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that is going to be limited to what can be put on chain. Mm -hmm. So what we realized we could do is basically flex our technology and bring use case inside of a virtual space. Yep. To your everyday retail investor on Solana, we could, or Solana Bitcoin, we could do it fast, we could do it efficiently. And the games that we've built that have been underappreciated, we can make those an extension of this metaverse world. 
And then we can allow you to also become an mm -hmm. extension of this metaverse world. Yes. And together we can have a metaverse community where as like one giant unit of MFers, we can basically like, I mean, it's kind of like a show of force, right? I mean, we're all coming together saying, look how dope this is. Look how fun this is. Look how cool this is. Why don't you be part of all this really fun, cool, dope shit with us? And it's when you're talking about community, being the utility dude yeah bitmap is offering an opportunity for us to take community and make it even more tangible and gamify it in a way where everyone is still individualized and it is still tied back to that block which is something i want to mention on the podcast today how we've decided to do your virtual plots based mm -hmm. on the blocks um mm. but for me it was just we were just always one step ahead but we were always one hour late. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. One hour That's late to the VC meeting. Yeah. But one step ahead of the person they just funded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it went rough, dude. So as a trader, spent like almost $200,000 um, building out our tech stacks and our mints have raised maybe 130K over the last like 16 months or something like that. And so when people think like, how are they going to do, how are they doing all of this for just like the 40K presale, which we still have about a hundred and so little over hundred spots left for the mm -hmm. presale. Um, but like, it's because guys, we've already spent like 200K on all the backend infrastructure and the multi-chain API and a lot of these engine frameworks. So when we're rebuilding, a, you know, when we're building out Bitmap Valley, it's not that far off from a previous idea we had for a multi-chain metaverse. But the programming languages that are currently available and engines like Babylon.js are mm -hmm. superior. So we're recoding it with the most advanced programming that we can actually do from a browser and a mobile device. Mm -hmm. And then we're implementing some of the new AI stuff, such as, you know, take a picture of the front sides of your face and yeah. create a me avatar that that looks like you, right? And I don't know that people realize that this stuff is even available or how like video and voice chat is basically a stock feature, you know, pulling in YouTube and in this one and that one. And a lot of these metaverses, they sell these things as services. So we felt like with how open everyone is to the technology and since bitmaps gives us a statistical way to think about how land plots could look, how many should exist, what rarity could be conveyed as, how parcels could be divided, it, it really sets like a template for uh, a pretty good concept, right? So how do you bring that concept to reality? Well, you have to build something off of that concept. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't think of anything better than, than virtual plots of land, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And now here we are, guys, you mm -hmm. know, very yeah. far into it. Yeah. And and just you guys two weeks. are killing it, and I'm killing it, and we're putting <laughs> Blockamoto is killing it, right? Where yeah. the community is insane, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So let's go back to uh, when you first heard about Bitmap. What was it that uh, sort of like captured your your interest and your imagination from it? Like, what was the the setup about it that made you this interested? Where you had to tell your whole team's like, you got to stop what you're doing. Let's, let's no. Do I this. was immediately disinterested, actually. So mm. when Eight Bit first told me about it, I actually was like, yeah, but why would I do that? And he's like, dude, no, you don't understand. I said, no, no, no. I don't think you understand. Whatever that <laughs> messaging is there, that messaging is not right. That is not 
you are never going to build a metaverse on Bitcoin. Now, again, I didn't understand what was actually being said. It was being explained to me through a third party that was also kind of new to it. Yeah. Um, I thought somebody was proclaiming that they were going to build a metaverse on Bitcoin that corresponded to every single block that was mined. No, the fuck you are not. Right. <laughs> right? right. Like there's nobody doing that. This is like a $40 million job. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. No one's doing that, right? <laughs> like, no one's doing that. Um, but then I realized what was happening. Mm -hmm. I realized that it was a text-based inscription that based on certain rules would be verified against a block on chain. And then that block had been given a visual representation through yes. bitfeed.live, which started to kind of gamify it a little bit. I did think that was kind of cool. Okay. And then I saw a space open with Blockamoto, Zero X Hustle, and the Block Runner. Mm -hmm. And I thought, now listen, I almost didn't enter the space. <laughs> but I thought to myself, Chris, homie or 8 bit has been so loyal to you for so long. And he has gassed you up in every space you have ever gone into. He has never shown you nothing but respect and love for you to completely write him off and discredit his thoughts and opinions makes you an asshole. So right. you owe him enough respect to go into that spaces right now with the creator of the bitmap standard and find out why in the fuck you would even give a shit. Four hours later. <laughs> I remember that. Four hours <laughs> later, you guys were there. Yeah. Four hours later, I understood the how, I understood the why, and I understood where we could go from here. Mm. And then what happened? This, You guys are witnessing this for the first time. My community is not. Listen, they have not said shit in my mm. Discord about, they're like talking about, listen, everyone's not going, hey, Chris, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you were just in the middle of finishing a top-down hack and slash. We just released this runner, and we've still got the Unreal Engine game here being played. You've got rental contracts you're supposed to, like, explain to everybody. Aren't we starting scholarships? Yeah, guys, chill the fuck out. We're still doing that, but, yeah. like, this is kind of important right now. Yeah. Dude, they have not asked at all mm -hmm. because they have on two or three different occasions seen me get obsessed with an idea and they know if they just take a step back and let me cook we will get through it faster and it'll be as good as i thought mm -hmm. and so they just take a step back and they just go uh-uh hold yo wait chris is just on one let him yeah. let him cook yeah <laughs> and now they're seeing what's happening and new people are coming into the discord and my community's like yeah hey guys uh this is how he is. You know yeah. what I mean? The life's like, no one's like, like for us, it's just another fucking day. Yeah. Chris had a banger idea. The social consensus is that they fucking love it. Everybody is excited about the technology. He has spent so much time and money building all this shit. He is representing IMSO in a positive light. And IMSO is bringing Bitmap Valley to Bitcoin holders. Let's fucking go. That is how they feel. They do not, they are not selfish people. They are not people who even think, twice about the floor price usually because there are multiple ways for them to earn inside of our ecosystem so it's been so overwhelmingly positive with the new community members that are entering and my community has been so welcoming and understanding and they're just letting us cook with no bullshit right yeah so this was the thing that 
after having that conversation with you guys and I've been uh, like sitting on this concept for this like multi-chain metaverse idea for a while, Mm -hmm. but there was just nothing that clicked brother. What I want is I want to bring people from other chains Mm. to come see your piece of bitmap Valley, Mm. because I want them to see how beautiful a block really is a block on bitcoin the data inside that block how beautiful it really is when brought into reality it's like each block with more than one transaction is like a work of art dude agree and i think that this is a really great way for us to kind of remove that concept of bitcoin's not scalable you can't do it on bitcoin you can't do this on bitcoin dude you can't do it on eth either motherfucker Mm -hmm. and most of the games on chain on solana are like typescript simple ass shit too like you're not doing anything cooler on bitcoin than you could do on any other chain with your atari game or your script game but when you do something like you you bring like an unreal engine experience or a 3d based experience or like some of the recursive upgrades like the on-chain monkey pfp to me that's an evolution right and this is where it starts to become exciting like let's get together and show people what it's like when you do something for bitcoin and when you embrace the ethos of web 3 and you introduce web 3 to bitcoin mm-hmm. because just because you're fucking with ordinals and inscriptions that does not mean you're fucking with web 3 when you're connecting wallets to virtual worlds or interactive experiences or exclusive things that are only given to and or require a verification asset that is on bitcoin now bitcoin is in web three right and so that's our goal is like we're gonna be the first web three game concept that bitcoin plugs into and that is important to us for people to understand it is being built for bitcoin not on bitcoin because if you rely on only things on Bitcoin, you're going to basically get sold a narrative that is not forward compatible. So unless it's because of the Satoshi rarity or the art fucking slaps, those would be the two reasons I would do things on chain. Okay. Everything else to me feels like recursive or potential 721 upgrades or bitmap concepts where they're verification assets for like, a an external layer that is connected to a massive virtual environment i feel like this is like the evolution for use case and to kind of bring bitcoin into the same playing fields as these other chains so that people quit hating like don't talk to me about sandbox i can recreate that experience in a more robust way on bitcoin And I don't have to monetize the shit out of every person that steps foot in my space. Yeah. And I can also let you visit it from ETH or from Solana. Right. And to me, that's just so much more powerful than, you know, if anybody wants to know what's really different about Bitmap Valley from Sandbox, take away all the arbitrary shit, right? Take away all the arguments from patches and this one and that one, the future block argument. Take away every argument that maybe could one day be true or not be true. Um, How about it's going to be the first metaverse that is designed based on block data that is multi-chain enabled? What about that? Yeah. Yeah.
<clears throat> I think that's good enough. So what do you Fuck think? Fuck all the other shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the other shit just adds validity to it. But mm -hmm. even if they're right about everything else, this is still special for that very reason, that it represents the block data and it will feature the ability to allow players from other chains to visit your world. I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah, ultimately, um, what you just said there at the very end about how the way we look at it is the, the biggest, I think, uh, contribution that Bitmap is introducing to this metaverse sector is, is the alignment, right? Uh, between the community members, like, like people like you who are developing your own infrastructure, people like us that have been working on our own infrastructure layer for the metaverse, and everything else that you've named up with Sandbox, Decentraland, uh, now M Squared with Improbable, who's working on the other side. These are all like individual fragmented attempts yes. at trying to provide some sort of infrastructure layer which is very critical to the metaverse, right? Um, because if you, you draw the parallels to how the internet proliferated, you know, these building out these standards and these uh, very ne necessary frameworks for developers to kind of like align and to kind of basically output the same languages so that we could all communicate as yes. far as like what the content we're producing, all this stuff. That's what got us excited about Bitmap because yes. we, we have experience in that fragmented ecosystem where everybody's speaking a different language from That's a developer right. perspective. So nothing, nothing could really collaborate. Yeah. Right. And that largely results in, you know, no progress. Yeah. yeah. We've seen it. So this, this Bitmap gives us like a, a ground level uh, opportunity to yeah. actually build real true standards for the metaverse. And it's the fact that it's all, you know, associated from the ownership layer perspective on Bitcoin or like, you know, along with Bitcoin, the way you say it. Yeah. It's a big deal for us. Yeah, yeah Chris, we were, uh, we've been in the metaverse since like, um, the Web3 metaverse since like the Decentraland days, right? The alpha stages. And pretty soon after that, once, once uh, Facebook changed their name to Meta, all of a sudden yeah. Samsung and all these like huge companies, Oracle, they decided to band together and start this metaverse standards forum. Mm -hmm. And we instantly knew once they banded together to start this forum, they were basically bandwagoning on top of this whole metaverse train. But we knew that there is no way that these companies were just gonna have meetings and, and discuss standards for the metaverse. Yeah, We knew that it was gonna come organically in the same way that the internet, people working on the internet in the early days in the 70s were coming up with TCP IP, all these like infrastructure pieces that ended up becoming what we use today. Mm -hmm. And with Bitmap, it really created a stark differences between the existing metaverses and like what is actually possible. So mm -hmm. the standard, it means everything. So, so one question for you, Chris is let's paint the picture, like for the future of bitmap, what it, and from our perspective, I think the, the single most important thing that we want to accomplish with bitmap is to allow the most open and diverse possibilities that we can imagine. And the reason why that's important is because we don't know what the best use case for the metaverse is going to be in the same way. You couldn't tell me that Twitter was going to be valuable in the in 1980s when, when mm -hmm. you first heard about the internet. <laughs> right. Right. And so we can't make claims of what is going to work, but yeah. what we can do right now is make sure that people like IMSO, Chris, us, we have the ability to create pretty much anything that we want. Mm -hmm. And, and to your point, Chris, I a hundred percent agree. We're not building on Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're building for Bitcoin. But however, it did sound sexy to say on it, Bitcoin. It's sexier <laughs> from a marketing standpoint yeah. that it's on Bitcoin. So, right, right. but from a technical standpoint, obviously, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
So ultimately, we want to enable the the most diverse creativity that we can because some people, right, the the uh, the uh, the cursed Chris might be like, hey, you know what? I don't want land environments. I want ocean environments. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that somebody should be able to create that infrastructure for someone who owns a district to connect to that infrastructure and say. I run the ocean in my district, come and swim in my district. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it should be that open. And so I, I see a vision where different district owners, different parcel owners are going to be experiencing different experiences. Mm -hmm. It could be unity, could be unreal, but every district is going to potentially be a completely different experience. What's your take on that? I think that's how it should be. I think initially this is why we want to shape the plots after the blocks and allow you to hollow out the center of them and create your own cities inside of the center of your block. This way, the outside perimeter is always unique and it will differentiate each space. Yes. I also think this will incentivize people to come into those spaces and it'll also help them conceptualize why it is so fucking cool the way that we are tying these together yeah. and that the land mass is literally populated from block data, which is assigned to the land mass through the bitmap address, which I was told is just a text file and you can't yeah. do this with. Listen, dude, when people tell me you can't do that... <laughs> Yeah. I go, well, hold on, well, hold on, hold on. There's data there and it's inside of a wallet. I can't, excuse me. Okay, I'll be right back. Yeah. So like, that's yeah. kind of my approach here. And so I think that, I th I think that with, the, so we talked about this last night. I don't know if you guys listened to the recording. I don't know if I'm dropping out, but here, but I think your concept works. Here's the thing though. I don't want to ruin the beauty of certain blocks that have, multiple transactions sure. and have their own geography right yeah but there are so many single transaction blocks there is so i think our approach is going to be if you don't want one of the standard plots that is basically you know and not for the first 400 the first 400 is going to be way more open-ended because there's already people who want to secure single blocks but moving forward let's say somebody wants a custom experience mm. it will require them to have a bitmap address of a single transaction so a single transaction bitmap address will be required so that we can treat that like a um, like a blank canvas mm -hmm. or we could use that to recreate an environment that they see fit. So mm -hmm. there's a guy who has like the coordinates for like um, Paris or New York or something like that. Sure. And so like, for instance, if he wanted the middle of his city to look like Paris or New York, we could facilitate that because the coordinates of the block are already like that, but he's like a very special case. If we look at homie or 8-bit as an example, he has a single block, which is 5280. Mm -hmm. And that also happens to be some relation to Denver, Colorado. Maybe it's mm -hmm. the coordinates or maybe it's, I don't, I don't know what the, I, maybe it's the coordinates of Denver, Colorado, right? So if he does have 5280 and that is the coordinates of Denver, Colorado, and it's a single transaction block, that is in that is something we would be more willing to put a mountain landscape sure. around the perimeter instead of the blocks, right? And allow him to build a small town. And if there are any monuments or infrastructures, you can pull 3D scans from online of that stuff because most of it's most of it's been scanned, right? Yeah. Or at least you could look at a real life photo of it and recreate a GLB. You know, it's not that hard. So there'd be a little bit of custom work that went into it, but a lot of people think, oh, wouldn't that be expensive? Well, no, sorry, you probably hear my dog barking, and that means this fucks everything up. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, 
it, it basically means that um, we've already got the engine built with, and all of the logic. It's literally just assets and um, upload. So it's no, it's not that expensive. Where you might spend five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars to build like the shell of a, a basic game, and you might spend twenty five or thirty five thousand dollars building like a robust version of a basic game. Um, you'll spend like six hundred bucks or like a thousand dollars having like mountains and and flagpoles and an arch or whatever the fuck you know what i mean like like it no that does not take a lot of time does not cost a lot of money and it would be extremely unique so it would probably be worth having the development done for it whether it's through us or it's through someone else who can create the assets and give it to us and then we just charge what it takes and labor to install that shit because it is a custom environment right um that's not what we've offered you at a hundred dollar presale price. Mm. What we've offered you at a hundred dollar presale price is a virtual plot that's geography looks like your block yeah. and the ability to hollow the middle out so that you can build your own little infrastructure there. And then like textures and color schemes and API connections that will allow you to make it personal. And then for like, if a person wants to advance that space, for like very low amounts of money, you're talking about dollars, right? Like $5. We can allow you to like go into a building that has multiple floors mm -hmm. and install a door or an elevator that acts as a door for mm -hmm. each floor. And for like $5 each door, you can now permanently have another smaller instance inside of that room. So you'll have your base town and your base city. Mm -hmm. But for like even the average person, think about how much you've spent um, <clears throat> like monthly fees on Xbox Live sure. or how many times a person's bought Apple dollars or uh, how many times you've used DoorDash or something like that. Like you've spent 200 bucks on so many crazy fucking things in your life uh, that just like were worth nothing afterwards. If you spent 200 bucks adding 40 new smaller instances inside of your larger instance for just like, you know what I'm saying? Or something along those lines. Sure. Or maybe there's like a, an even you want to double down on your instance and you want your instance to lead to other instances. Then maybe it costs like six or eight bucks for the infrastructure, like 15 bucks for the infrastructure to put doorways inside of your experience. And then when someone walks through that doorway, it takes them into a whole nother one of your experiences. Mm -hmm. And each of these experiences is tied to a different bitmap address. So now you can start to create like a complex yeah. where each time they go through a door, they're entering a new district, but it doesn't even have to be designed like a district. It right, could be yeah. designed like a like a warehouse and it could be a shopping store. It could be an yeah. art gallery or it could be an arcade. Uh, whether you want to do them small or you want to do them robust, these are the kind of things that we're going to enable because every person is going to be different and every builder is going to have a different need or yeah. a different time horizon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it to me, it just seems like, you know, the whole thing makes a lot of sense from a perspective of like what would you do with a certain block and like think about blocks that have like 10,000 transactions in them mm -hmm. probably not going to be the most ideal one for me I, I can create the land mass off of that but you're going to have to remove a lot of middle right like that center is going to be so clustered with stuff yeah. you're going to have to really remove some of that shit so that you've got room to walk around and ride around streets, right? Because it's not one of them bullshit projects where you're like creating your own scene and you're, and look at my pretty picture. It's like, no, yeah. this is really something that you go inside of and you run around and explore, right? Mm -hmm. And I just think that people haven't, 
I still don't think you guys understand how sick this is going to be, <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, I think you'll get it when you get it. And we'll obviously put content out and, and make videos that show people how to, how to do it and how to manage it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, the but images, for us, the scale is unlimited. The images you've leaked, they, they look pretty cool, man. So I, I'm right. excited to, to jump in. How soon do you think this is going to be ready for anyone to kind of like interact with? Uh, so we should be interacting with it sometime this by like this weekend or something. Um, we may see, I want to keep it kind of private, obviously. Uh, I may be able to have him within like two weeks, put it on maybe a different server or maybe within three weeks, put on a different server. And then we could maybe privately invite people through like Mm, DMS or something, or maybe we can create a discord chat. That's maximum 50 people at a time or something. Uh, I just, again, You've got to be very careful um, giving too much to too many people too short because they will definitely take advantage of it. And not everybody has the community's best interest in mind. And you must remember that. So mm-hmm. during the initial phases, security is king, especially since there will be like, you know, your I mean, your wallet owns a bitmap address. The bitmap address owns a thing. If that stuff's like way too easy for people to find, then you've got like pocket watchers or you could you could figure like you could have a dot sats name in there and then it's on your also what you use on your Twitter and now you got motherfuckers DMing you scam links. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you gotta be really careful with people in general. So especially when you're sharing your technology, just just always be careful and you don't want people spamming the server or like trying to go in the server when we're all not there, right? And mm-hmm. then just like dicking around and maybe opening up console logs. And maybe you do have a guy who's in there trying to like start hacking our shit which good luck but at the same rate it's still going to cause like performance issues and then we have to shut everything down and isolate that you know it's like a whole bunch of shit so we want to be very careful with letting people in until it's just ready for you to use Mm -hmm. uh because we don't want people to feel like um i also don't like people to feel like we're trying to represent some false sense of exclusivity because like that's not what's happening it it's just the infrastructure is being built. So you want to be gentle with the infrastructure and you don't want to cause yourself any unnecessary issues during the build process. Yeah. And when you're sharing stuff at an early stage, you can definitely cause yourself issues. But like, would it be cool for all three of us to maybe hop in and run around on stream? Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we'll definitely do that. And I'm hoping we're doing that next week. So Saeed knows that that's what I want first and foremost is I want a playable demo for me to run around in so that I can take my own videos and my own screenshots um, with people like you guys or a couple of our (laughs) whales in in the IMSO discord. So yeah, pretty soon, dude, pretty soon, you know? Cool. So, uh, so right before we got on with you, Chris, uh, we recorded uh, just a 20 minute video talking about, uh, I guess the latest conversations on bitmap. And right now, uh, yesterday popped off on the discussion on the idea of recognizing future blocks, right? Uh, I don't know if you saw that conversation, but I wanted to pass off the question to you and get your thoughts on should the standard recognize future blocks, which first we know we can't build on, but but should it be recognized and should it be owned? But you can, I guess, it, it, in context of what it is you just... Um described as far as if you have a single block that's true uh, you could you, you can kind of you can create a whole new virtual ecosystem like leveraging some sort of a framework that you may be developing uh, that could be applied to a future block right that's true in the same sense it's still you know a virtual environment that can be something can be deployed on top of that but yeah it the question is 
it's more of like an economics concern, like, you know, whether or not uh, there's going to be any downside or what what's the magnitude of the downside risks of so early. I think if you can reserve future blocks, you have no reason. What was that? Oh, sorry. I, oh. I might have cut out for a second. Yeah, you did. I, I think that if you can reserve future blocks, then you have no reason for people to ever use the secondary market. And that just doesn't make sense to me on an 800,000 piece collection. Plus it took 14 years for 800,000 blocks to even be mined and available. Mm -hmm. So I'm supposed to let you front run the next 14 years by my like pre-reserving 800,000 more blocks. No, fuck yourself. So (laughs) at the end of the day, um, under no circumstances will, will I honor any blocks that were not done in with like after the block was minted, there's no way, even if social consensus changes, um, my world will not, my logic will Mm. stay the same because because I don't want my world's numbers to become arbitrary because now it doesn't matter anymore. Because if you miss the boat on the first 800 K, you can just start poking in random numbers until you get it. Now yeah. let's also talk about how difficult that becomes whenever you're starting to track shit. I mean, it's like at the end of the day, dude, you needed to be time synced near the block or right after the block. What I'm supposed to go back and figure out. Uh, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Whatever's indexed is verified is what's verified and that's the end of it in my opinion but you are correct sir about uh well couldn't i just have a single block and pay you to build me a custom experience and then i could token gate that custom experience to allow use cases for future block holders yeah yeah Yeah, you absolutely could i can't stop you from doing that yeah 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 and and we're leaning towards exactly what you were saying it's uh I, i think it's a more interesting story that we only recognize existing blocks and and you're right it took 14 years to get here to front run the next you know infinite years doesn't Mm -hmm. really make sense Mm -hmm. and so so i totally agree i was at first i was more in the camp of like free market like let let the you know the market decide how valuable future blocks are but uh but it doesn't really make sense because it could could be a worse outcome if we enable that Mm -hmm. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's there's going to be you know two different groups of people who believe future blocks should be recognized, and they'll probably create their own sort of experience. But Bitmap will probably stay with only existing blocks. Yeah, and, I think it's pretty pretty definitive at this point. That that is the yeah the consensus around Bitmap at least. Yeah, Bitmap. like I totally yeah. understand if you overspent a bunch of money on a gamble when you weren't clear about the rules. That when you yeah. find out the rules didn't work out in your favor, you want to. You like want some sort of like, uh, I don't know, like repercussion to like, I get it. Okay. I've like totally aped into shit, like uh, fucked up before. Right. Like (laughs) it happens to everyone. So you did not know the rules of the game. You tried to make up your own rules without Mm -hmm. confirmation. You took a risk and a gamble without certain knowledge. And when it turns out the decision you made was incorrect, you want to throw a fit about it? Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So, no one's so listening. I think there's some people like that, Chris, but I don't think it's it's all like that. For example, the ordinals standard is first to inscribe is the one that's recognized. And so bitmap is the first to go against that. And so there, there's a, there is an argument there, but okay. No, here's the argument. If every single Satoshi on the planet was inscribed, could you fucking could you future inscribe Satoshis that didn't exist? The answer is no. 
You'd have to wait for the next block to create six billion Satoshis to inscribe another ordinal. So that's just like it. If there were trillions of ordinals, right? If you hit the max supply of Satoshis you could use, which would be all the Bitcoin in existence times 100 million. uh, So it's like 170 trillion or something like that. Uh, If you were to do that, um, you'd have to wait for the next 10 minute confirmation for six big or how many six and a quarter would be at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, come on, dude, it's the same shit. So like we can talk, I mean, there's just more Satoshis than mind blocks. Mm -hmm. So it's not a problem with Satoshis. You know what I mean? There's hundred something trillion Satoshi. I think think there's 17,000 Bitcoins in circulation. Right. And then times a hundred million, a hundred million is six, uh, no, seven, seven eight eight zeros plus four so it's like more than that it's like a quadrillion dude yeah there's yeah. like 1.7 quadrillion uh or maybe 17 quadrillion satoshis yeah. one no, of those two numbers i think i think that's the best argument because if you needed more sats you'd have to wait until they get mined yeah right mm-hmm. so if you need more bitmaps chug in line son yeah. And guess what? Those miners are going to mark the fuck out of those virgin yeah, bitcoins yeah, that are brand new because there's no sats available and everyone's fighting for those sats. Like right. a common sats, 20 bucks now and bitcoins worth millions and millions of dollars per. It's just like right, right, right. It's a crazy thing, dude. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree, dude. You make a good point and yeah. I, I like it. And I think I think that is going to be kind of like the social consensus ultimately it's what exists counts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best outcome and the most entertaining because like you're saying, if miners start colluding or working with like whales to mine the next bitmap because it's the next happening event or whatever, and they they purchase the future bitmap or the bitmap for that given block for a million bucks, that looks good on everybody, mm. right? 100%. Because it establishes value. Yeah, and yeah. so so I think that's the best outcome. So yeah, I think so too. I, I love that, and I also think that um, people have to remember having doesn't change anything for us. Right. Because even though less Bitcoin is produced, it's still 144 blocks on average a day. That's right? right. So like we just get a constant known inflation moving forward, which is guaranteed to be as immutable as the proof of work that is Bitcoin. So, you know, for sure, on an average of every 10 minutes of every day, there's a new bitmap address that could be claimed. What mm-hmm. How is that not the best outcome? Yeah. So I and and yeah. this requires you to maybe pay more attention to on-chain activity. And maybe it requires you, I mean, or you could just go pay, like, cause think about it. Everyone minted for like uh, you know, fees, right? So we've all paid like one or two bucks or maybe three bucks in like a traffic jam for our bitmap addresses. Dude, if yeah. I had hundreds of them, I would totally sell them to you for $5 a piece. I have like seven or 10 or something. So I can't sell them to you for $5 a piece, right? Mm-hmm. But like if I had thousand, I'd definitely sell them to you for $5 a piece, especially if I only put 2000 in, like I could definitely, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. so it's one of those things where I don't know what people think. Like, this is just gonna like, why do you need to reserve the future block? Like if you can't get one of the daily 144, then go buy one of the 800 K that are potentially, (laughs) you know, out there for sale. And a bunch of those are generic blocks. So people, I mean, right now it looks like, I think on Ordinal's wallet, what was it? 0.0002. Yeah. So what is that? Um, 20 bucks. Is that $15? Is that that's got six bucks or that six bucks. So I think so, right? Six bucks. I think it's six. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Definitely six bucks. They're like six bucks yeah. for the floor price of the bitmap. I think that's, I think it's fair. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, if people are complaining about that. That's kind of silly. Yeah, it's six, right. Zero point zero 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 two. Yeah, that's six dollars. It's like, come on. Oh, yeah. you're mad that the miner might get. I mean, this is a five digit sixty five three two six five three two seven for six bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can get five digits right now for six dollars. Yep. Like I, I pay three dollars for mine. Like cry me a fucking river. Yeah, you yeah. could like hold Bitcoin for another two weeks. You probably lose six dollars, or <laughs> you make six dollars, and then it was a free. Then it was free that you spent six dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's like you're either gonna lose or make six dollars holding Bitcoin sometime soon. So yeah. you might as well spend six fucking dollars on one of these before it is ten dollars. Okay. Now when it's ten dollars, Chris. That sounds crazy. Really? That's only an $8 million marketing app, dude. Doesn't sound crazy at all to me. And at $10, you're only adding about $1,400 of value to that market cap each day. So over a year, what is that? You know, a few hundred thousand dollars, which is just percentages, like a couple percent of 800 of $8 million, right? Like to me. Yeah. The tokenomics here is great. (laughs) Dude, it's beautiful. It It took 14 years. Yeah. It's like, hey, everybody. Give it six months. Like, you know what I'm saying? In six months when you're like, damn, only like 9,000 blocks have been mined. Yeah, dude. That's how Bitcoin works. You know what I'm saying? People don't realize the scope of what 14 years, you know, 800,000 divided by 14. That's your yearly block production. Yeah. That's crazy to me. And it minted out in two weeks, dude. Imagine that. It would be, I was telling Iman, it would be like, Chris, buy my picture project. There's 800,000 in existence. And, and then, and then I tell you in two weeks, it minted out. Even at three bucks, no one's minting it. Dude. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> Even at three bucks, no one's doing it, dude. Yeah. We saw a collection release recently on Solana. Might I think it was 350,000 pieces and the mint, the mint price was like a quarter, like 25 cents. Mm. They've sold most of them, minted most of them out, but like, you know, everyone's holding hundreds. Right. Yeah. And that's like a direct thing. And I think this would have happened faster if it wasn't a go get your own. Okay. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone had to put legitimate effort into every verified bitmap address they own. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't a candy machine where they showed up and hit the plus sign to 100 and clicked mint and got 100 random bitmap addresses. Now, these motherfuckers had to go look up if the block was free. Then they had to go search the text to make sure nobody inscribed it for them. Then they had to go inscribe it themselves. Then they had to wait 10, 15 minutes to make sure they didn't fuck everything up. And you know what I'm saying? Like, Dude, then they had to go find it on BitFeed and find out if it was a punk. And yeah. you know, it's like, That's dude, such a good point. Every single person literally put effort into the action of obtaining the bitmap. And because we all did that, now you can buy them for $6 a piece on ordinalswallet.com. We all put more than $6 into this because I promise you, 15 to 20 minutes of my time. Plus on-chain fees is worth five or six dollars each. Yeah, I would be breaking even right here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. dude, My such thought. a good point. All right, Chris, we got five minutes. Uh, let's talk about uh, what you got going on. You said you have about a hundred more parcels left. Uh, tell us about what what that is, like what it what what it takes for you to kind of like build everything together, and like what's the opportunity for people here. So basically just reserving the virtual plot that you'll be able to connect to one of your bitmap addresses. You'd be one of the first 400 of 
15,000 holders to have a virtual land actually attached to it. It will mimic the bitmap addresses layout that you chose, so it will be unique in every way. And then you'll be given enough tools to clear out the center and start to have your own. And you don't have to build it from scratch. Just trust me, you'll love it. Um, from there, we'll expand out after a couple months of you guys building and being promoted. Uh, because you got to think, if there's only 400 spaces and each one of them is unique, um, you'll everyone will probably visit everyone's spaces and like other people from Twitter that didn't get to buy in or miss the boat or see us all having fun. will come visit everyone's spaces. I mean, you're going to want to see all 400 of them, right? Yeah. So once we've done that and we've really been able to create some custom experiences and really rally the community around this, uh, there'll be a, a future option that will be probably several times more expensive. Um, because at the end of the day, we did this with the community specifically to cover the cost of building out the engine and the initial infrastructure. The initial infrastructure has got about six months of leeway. So if we can't prove our point as a community within about two or three months, then I'm going to be paying out of pocket for your infrastructure. Now, it's not a lot of money, but it's a little bit, you know, Sure. If, especially if everyone's active, right? Um, but we have we have other means and we sell services to many projects and we build like we are also about to build some games for a couple projects and those net us money as well. Mm -hmm. So we're basically going to dump all that into the infrastructure cost of um, Bitmap Valley so that all of us can have an awesome, badass experience and we can make the world super FOMO into what we're doing. I'll give you guys plenty of time to help me discover what the secondary fair market value is. And once I can see we've had a decent exchange of hands and enough trading volume on the, because remember, we don't get royalties on this Correct. chain. We right. need to see that people are actually interested in buying and selling them because there's one of two methods here. Either A, people are very interested. Uh, hopefully the people that were early investors get lucky. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if your idea of, of um, gains is, like if it's profit, if it's fun, if it's education, like to me, I'll spend money on shit that I just found entertaining and educational, especially if I get to take it home with me, you know, like yeah. I spend money like that. Um, some people might be doing it for profit. I don't know. I know supply and demand is potential if people are hyped about it. So right. I think as a community, we need to like really work together to make people excited and like really work together to show people how awesome it is. And then at that point, we'll let you guys, you know, have the opportunity to help discover uh, a fair price on the secondary market. And once that happens, we can start talking about how we may be able to onboard another 600 spaces and just kind of slowly roll it out from there, right? This okay. isn't something that we're gonna like uh, make too convoluted. And we really do want this to like, I kind of want to set an example here that building things for Bitcoin doesn't always have to be a selfish act. Sometimes creating things that are for people to use or that offer opportunity to others is actually the best way to build a potential user slash customer base. And if you can provide things to people that they find valuable, whether that's in a, like I said, profit, entertainment, or education, that is the most likely reason for another person to buy into the product, right? Yeah, because they can see an actual human having a genuine experience or some level of satisfaction in whatever it is that they choose. Mm -hmm. I think that this will allow us to scale this, but at the end of everything, I don't know that we'll go more than two or 3,000 plots, right? Because at the end of the day, this needs to be very exclusive and it needs to like, as far as like, the value proposition for any early adopters. We want you to be like the the main part of the ecosystem. And you also have to think if you do have thousands of spaces over 
you know, the next 12 months that have ultimately joined Bitmap Valley. Um, well, each of those spaces can host 50 to 100 people, maybe in some instances more. So it, we could, it, you, you got space for hundreds of thousands of people. Like, why couldn't we, okay, maybe this is alpha, maybe it's not, mm -hmm. but why couldn't we treat your space like a server instance? So like, mm -hmm. if we do grow large enough and there's enough spaces and everybody is basically one big ass community that's kind of building in the same ideology, um, how come when a person goes to log in from the main site, they can't just get dropped in one of the instances that has free room yeah 100%. right because your instance might have player like you might only have 74 players in your instance and it can hold 100 and yeah the other servers closest to them are all filled up and yours is the closest server to them that isn't filled up so they start in your world and if they want to hop into other worlds from there i'm thinking that we use a skyrim style map that when you zoom out, all the different things are there and maybe you could fast travel to them just like you do in Skyrim to a city, right? Sure, sure. So that's basically what the initial idea is for the first 400, uh, why you would be involved in the pre-sale. But like you said, there's maybe 100 left. I've got 10 or 12 DMs that I have to respond to also and like six or eight more um, to add to the list. And I don't think they're all one. I think some of them are two or three. So we're probably right around a hundred spaces. Uh, we've already began developing as you've seen. And then once we do uh, basically release the demo and allow some people to play it, we'll get some feedback and we'll make adjustments based on that. And then there'll just be several weeks where we essentially give you updates uh, through Twitter or discord. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, sometime around August, something, You'll get a DM from me and I'll say, sirs, <laughs> give me the bitmap addresses you're going to use to claim your virtual plots. Mm. And the reason we need the bitmap address right before launch, obviously, is so that we can plug them all in to a list and then we'll know what blocks to expect so we can start gotcha. loading up that bit feed data. That was right? going to be my question. Yes. And then you come and you click claim yeah. and it's going to bring a wallet connector up and it's yeah. going to show any valid bitmaps that you own if you click on one well that are on our list it's going to scan your wallet if one of your bitmap addresses is also on the list you're going to see it on the screen you're going to click it and then it's going to populate your world nice. so it's going to be fucking badass <laughs> you guys are going to be dude, it's going to be so badass yeah. i'm so pumped like i'm so excited about it you guys are going to love it the community has been overwhelming the engagement's been fire and not all of it's 100 organic this is why we're so fired up this is why when i'm sleeping they're working and when they're sleeping i'm working mm -hmm. because at the end of the day the community loves technology i love technology more than anybody yeah. so i want to build the coolest dopest technology that is within the limitations of the current components and as indexing and lightning channels and evolutions to inscriptions and recursives are made more and more relevant and they're easier and easier for people to access and use yes. we will continue to evolve this environment to basically stay what we think is ahead of the curve um when it comes to web3 gaming because at the end of the day that's what we've been doing right and right. i think that the bitcoin mfers <laughs> they appreciate it so we appreciate them Oh yeah, man. That sounds exciting, man. I think, yeah, well, I think we definitely needed to secure some. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send you a DM, dude. Yeah. That's, that yeah. sounds hot. Add, add us to the list. Yeah. yeah. We definitely want to be in there exploring, like uh, pushing these boundaries along with you guys. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Well, you know what? I think we can just reserve one for block runner. There was going to be 10. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to set 10 to the side so we could maybe do some give. Cause like, you know, my community is still my community. I should probably do a couple giveaways to them. And then we need a couple. So like we need at least four for ourselves so that, mm -hmm 
you'll probably never visit them but they're going to be for us to do internal and external, like basically backend testing where we're sure. building new features and components. We need worlds to test them in. And what about when we want to bring worlds together or we want to create instances between worlds or mm-hmm. like, what if in order to get from one world to another, you had to enter an instance between okay. <clears throat> and you had to earn your way into that next world. Um, so like a person, a person yeah. or a project could have four worlds, but you have to qualify to see world two mm-hmm. or experience yeah. three or whatever it might be. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, one of them's for a certain level of holder where the other ones are for, you know, kind of like a tiered system in discord. Why couldn't you have a tiered system in the metaverse? So we're kind of thinking like that. So out of those 10 um, homie definitely gets plot number 420. I said that to <laughs> um, two of my mods who have been here through all of this, they both get a plot. I think you guys should have a plot. We're going to give a plot to Doc Hollywood, right? Because that's just, he's just such a good dude, right? In the space. And I know Tindy and them tried to foot in, but like I've watched that dude sacrifice for so long. He is mm. the shit. Yeah. So he'll get a plot. And then that should leave us with four plots for ourselves out of the 10. Okay. So the total raise is actually 410 plots mm-hmm. plus 10, 420. That was. It was supposed to be 400, but then in the 8-bit chat, they were like, you idiot, why wouldn't it be 420? Oh, yeah, yeah I guess I guess it is 420. So that's what we're doing. If anybody wants a piece, you can obviously DM me. Um, I will send you a message back if it is still available. I do have more to go through. By the time people watch this, it's probably sold out. But if there is any left, I would imagine it's a pretty low number. So... I'm so NFT underscore Chris. I'm sure you guys will have the info in the comments or whatever. Yes, absolutely. And uh, dude, I love you guys and I definitely appreciate it. And I was really happy to do this. And I, I thank you for letting me monologue and thank you for letting me get the gigabrain shit out here. I, you know, it's good format to do it. Thank you. Yeah, no, man. we're always welcome back for sure. Cause this is definitely not like, yeah, this isn't the end of the conversation, dude. <laughs> yeah. We're going to keep it. Keep no, this I know. Going. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a long All right, run. fellas, then I'm going to go ahead and sign off. All right. And, Thank you again. And I did fucking bitmaps to the moon, I guess. Hell yeah, I don't know. Let's go. Dude. See you guys. All right. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Well, we just got done uh, interviewing Solana Chris. I appreciate Chris for showing up. Um, make sure all the links are going to be in the description. Um, I guess that's yeah. it for us. Yeah. Hopefully the, everybody who just listened to that, I, I don't know, like it, I guess oozes with the same amount of like passion yeah. that obviously is, is like literally seeping out of his pores. You yeah. can't even like contain <laughs> his like excitement, yeah. which is good. Yeah. That's what you these, want. These are so rare. Like these types of, you know, moments in time. I mean, in the web three space does have a lot of innovations and yeah. a lot of like new, new, new sectors that emerge, new paradigms, whatever. But you know, we've been around, I've been around since early 2017. Yeah. Man, like nothing has really felt like this, uh, captivating i guess yeah but we do have a bias at the same time right a little yeah, one but but you know what that that bias was confirmed by everybody minting eight hundred thousand yeah, so. inscriptions in two weeks yeah yeah so i guess it is it feels good to see somebody else so like yeah you know so excited about the 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 potential to contribute towards the open metaverse standards right building this shit out yeah this shit that everybody just can't really identify how it's going to, to work we need a bunch of Chris's. Yeah, we really 100%. So if you're a developer, you you stumbled on this video somehow, dude, get inspired, dude. Like, yes. you know, there's a lot to be done. And join like, join yeah. the movement. There's a Pretty lot much. of work. Yeah, we don't we don't want to sound like a cult or nothing. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but drink the Kool-Aid, the yeah. orange Kool-Aid. Right, right. Yeah. We promise we're not going to like lead you to like 
you know? suicide. Yeah, like a mass suicide or nothing like that. It's not happening. You know? <laughs> We're just trying to build some tech, like Chris said, some yeah. cool tech. Yeah, dude. All right, that's it for us. I appreciate you guys for listening and watching. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Blockrunner at Metazone.io and at Roby AI, and we'll catch you in the next podcast. Peace.